0: This episode of Speakeasy is brought to you by Elizabeth Lucchese and the Liz Luke team, an all-ladies real estate team in Alexandria, Arlington, Fairfax, and beyond. Liz Luke team and successful, stress-free real estate experiences go hand in hand. This group of gals are tough negotiators, known to go to bat for their clients' best interests and personally invested in each and every client. Liz Luke has supported thousands of Alexandria, Arlington, and Fairfax home buyers and sellers since 2004. Will you be the next happy home buyer or seller in 2020? Call, text, or click Lizluke Today at LizLuke.com or call at 703-868-5676 or info at Lizluke.com and make sure to follow LizLuke on social media at the LizLuke Team. Welcome to Speakeasy, an Alexandria Times podcast. I'm your host, Cody Melakline, reporter at The Times. And today I'm joined by an Alexandrian I'm sure many of you know, even if you've never met her, Pat Miller. She was named a living legend of Alexandria in 2012, and when you understand how much she's been involved with in this city, especially Del Rey, it's hard to argue with that. She's served on city boards and commissions, including the Commission for the Arts, and on the board of directors for local nonprofits like Kelly K- the Kelly Carris Foundation, Community Partners for Children. But most of you probably know her for her work in Delray, where she's been instrumental in building the Delray Farmer's Market, Delray Block Party, and Art on the Avenue. And she's been intimately involved in the Delray Business Association, where she served served as the first president. She's basically the definition of a good neighbor. Welcome to the show, Pat.
1: Well, thank you. It's indeed um, an honor to be here on your first show, but it's also extremely very humbling. Thank you.
0: Yes, we wanted to start our podcast off with someone who we think has kind of had a sizable impact on this community. And it's hard to think of someone else who has had such a sizable impact in particularly a very specific community like Del Rey. Um, But before we kind of get into all the work you've done, Del Rey, I wanted to kind of rewind a little bit because I think a lot of people know you, they know your name, they know your face, they know your work. But you're not originally from Alexandria. Actually, you're from, I believe, Iowa. Correct.
1: That's correct. Very, very small town in Iowa. I grew up with. Um, I think there were around 50 people in the town I grew up. Oh wow. Yeah, and the key here is is that Delray reminds me so much of that, even though there's you know a thousand times more people. It it is such a community minded uh, neighborhood that you know, we all have front porches and we all know our neighbors and we all walk down the street and wave at our friends at, you know, pet the dog from from down the street and everything. It really is a small
0: town. How did you end up finding yourself in Alexandria and how long have you lived here?
1: Well, it's been over 30 years now, I believe. And uh, the political world brought me here. And uh, I wound up uh, working for a political advertising consulting firm where we made TV spots and radio spots and and stuff along that line, worked on a national level. And uh, then it just kind of has all filtered down to the very local level, which is where you can make a difference.
0: Yeah. And as you mentioned, you obviously connected with Delray as a community because it was that kind of small town Main Street America feel you were probably used to from from your childhood. What led you to becoming involved consciously in trying to build community in Delray?
1: The community is extremely important, I think, to everybody. In other words, you've got to feel you belong and um, You know, you can move into—when I moved into D.C., it was, you know, moved into a house, never knew my neighbors or anything like that. As immediately moving into Delray, I knew exactly who my neighbors were. They came out, they welcomed me, they brought brought the good old apple pie, you know, that kind of a thing. And it's very important to feel that you belong to a community.
0: I have to imagine that— Getting involved with any community, it, it's kind of difficult to know where to start. What, what was your first footstep into helping in Delray
1: and helping in Alexandria? I, it was the arts. Okay. Uh, the arts have always been near and dear to my heart. And um, the Delray had uh, an event called the Block Party. It was run by Gail Ruder and Nancy Dunning back—it's uh, been 25 years now— but um, I I met with a couple of community people saying, hey, you know, we need to do an art show here. We need to do an art show. And um, being in the Midwest, I used to go to this show in Ann Arbor, which was on the waterfront. And it was really cool because all these, you know, original artists were all over the place and selling their art and everything. And I said we need to do that. We need to do it down Mount Vernon Avenue. And when the block party kind of went on its own way, Art on the Avenue took that over, and uh, it's grown ever since. So yeah. it, 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 arts are extremely important to this community. I think.
0: What do you think that the arts do give a community like Delray, or any community? What do you think it, what do you think it does in terms of the vitality of a community like Delray?
1: It gets people talking. You know, it, it, um, everybody has their opinion and you can like or dislike, but with the arts, you can dislike and be on opposite ends and that's okay. As you know, when you get into issues, it's a whole different story. What what
0: do you feel continues to drive you to do the work that you do? Because you have been doing it for so long and you've been involved in so many aspects of Alexandria What do you think has driven you to become so involved in the community and do the work that you do? The people.
1: It's absolutely the people. Everybody has things that they like to do, that they have an image of what they would like to do. They just don't know how to do it, You know, particularly when you get plopped in the middle of a very urban area. How do you make a difference? How do you find what it is you want to do? or how can you express yourself? And, um, I think that's one thing that to me always stands out is the people. The people are so important.
0: Yeah. It's similar to kind of my, my job is all about the people as well. Um, and I think it's, it's kind of part of the inspiration for this podcast. It's part of the inspiration for what we do in general. We are a community, we are a community paper and we owe it to the community and the work that you've done. What advice do you give to people who want to get involved in their community, but don't really know where to start? Because I think a lot of people either don't know where to start, or they look at kind of the work you've done and community work as something that they want to strive for, but they might think they have to go out of their way to do it, or it's difficult to get into. What do you tell those people?
1: Don't give up. <laughs> Always keep knocking on the door. When I first came here, the one thing I wanted to do was serve on the Commission for Women. And uh, I applied and did not make it. But um, Susan Butler, who was the chair at that time, she took the time to come to me afterwards and called me and said, Look, you didn't make it, but I want you to know that you should try again and again and again and again. And uh, that to me was like the best advice I think I've ever gotten.
0: I guess talking about never giving up, it seems from the outside looking in, the growth that some of the, the efforts you've put in place, kind of when I'm talking here about the Delray Farmers Market, the Block Party, Art on the Avenue, these things that have kind of grown since you helped start them and and since then. From the outside looking in, it appears that they've just grown and developed into something much like Delray the community has something much bigger than probably you probably originally envisioned them to be what has been what's it been like to see those initiatives and the community around them grow and develop over your time in Delray and Alexandria
1: well it's kind of amazing to you know you think 20 years down the road where is this going to be and what is it what is it going to be and um 20 years down the road, you turn around, and you go, oh, my goodness, <laughs> it is there. What, you know, the key is, where do you go next? And um, I, I think we're all in that mode where, you know, growing pains and stuff like that. I'm trying to figure out, you know, what what do you do next? What Where do you go next? That kind of a thing.
0: Where do you see... Delray going next I guess as someone who has been in the community for so long and seen it change in the 30 25 years you've been there I think it's it's always pitched as as you said kind of a main street America kind of thing like a, a return to main street America where old town is the old, the old historic center of Alexandria what do you how do you see it changing and do you think that main street aspect of it still exists as it did when you first moved to the to the neighborhood.
1: I definitely the um, when you walk into a store on Delray, be it a restaurant, be it a retail store, be it a business of some sort, the owner is there, and you get to talk to the owner, and uh, the owner is always around. To me, that makes a hundred percent difference because you get exactly why they are there and you know here's their best menu here's this or that to me that that's critical of what delray is delray is built on residents being backed up right next to the business building and so it will always be a main street
0: talking about connections between people in delray as a community and the strength of that community Obviously, one of the most significant events in recent history, at least, in, in Delray and Alexandria as a whole, was the shootings at Simpsons Field in 2017 and kind of the af- aftermath of those shootings. Um, talk to me a little bit about your, I guess, your sense of how Delray came together around that, that sig- obviously significant event and the work and the implementation of that work that you did afterwards, because I know you were not involved in the planning of some of the things that came out of this shooting, but you were involved in the implementation of them.
1: Correct. Um, You know, that incident was, if it hadn't been for our amazing police department, I don't know where that could have gone. I mean, that really could have been a mess, but the police department was on their toes. They were there within a minute and got everything under control. So my hat is totally off to the to the department for that. Uh, Gail Ruder, who is an activist in Delray, she um, put together the walk, and uh, we got everybody to come and, and do the walk and the tribute to the police department for all of that. So it was one of those incidents that people look at it now as an incident, and it could have been a catastrophe.
0: Certainly. Uh, speaking of some of the more, I guess, some of the more serious and somber work you've done, because obviously you you do a lot of work in the arts, but you're involved in other aspects of helping Delray and Alexandria, aspects that I think a lot of people aren't aware of, which is work work involved with some of the more vulnerable populations of the city. I know you've done work with uh, the battered women's shelter. Talk to me a little bit about how you've gotten involved with helping I guess women and I know you've done work with for children as well some of the more vulnerable residents of our city
1: Wow um, that's a tough question to answer just because how can you not help <laughs> it's it's one of those things that you know the a woman that goes into the battered women's shelter for example she basically he lifts up and leaves her home and leaves everything and um, goes into this place where she can be protected. If she needs hospital care, then you know that that, that mm-hmm. that's provided and everything like that. And we, as a community, if we can't help her find a place to live, if we can't help her, by purchasing a pot and a pan for her to use when she moves out on her own, then there's something wrong with us. So it it's to me, it's very plain, very simple that, yes, this is where you can help.
0: Yeah, I can't remember who said it originally, but it's been repeated kind of ad nauseum. A community is judged based on how they treat their most vulnerable citizens. There's a lot of work being done in these areas. How have you seen... Um, those efforts kind of improve and what kind of work do you think still has to be done to help these people who don't always have access or are hesitant to get access to some of these services?
1: I, I think the most difficult thing when it comes to that is somebody saying, hey, I need help. And it's, it takes a while to talk to somebody and try to figure out what what it is that they may need help with and get them into the right direction. But if you take the time to sit down and talk to somebody or even say hi on the street, ask them how they're doing, what they're doing, and, and um, you know, figure out, is there anything that they may need help with? Great. Let's put them this direction, that direction. It It's finding the right network for somebody that does need help.
0: It's worth pointing out that you're not only known in Alexandria for the work you've done. You have a you have a square named after you. I think more people are probably aware of your your name than your face at this point. How does it feel to have a square named after you? What did that mean to you?
1: Very humbling. I can imagine. <laughs> Very humbling. But it it's indeed an honor. And it's um when it first happened, it was very difficult to – I kept saying Farmer's Market, go to the Farmer's Market Square, Farmer's Market Square, and now it's all the Pat Miller Square. And so it's kind of like, yeah, my name is on it, but it's now a community thing. It's not just me. It's the community. So.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a community hub. Yeah. This episode of Speakeasy is brought to you by the team at Liz Luke. Every day, Elizabeth Lucchese and the Liz Luke team are hustling to get first time buyers, seasoned sellers, upsizers, downsizers, all their clients home. Liz Luke and stress free real estate settlements go hand in hand. Liz Luke aims to build lasting relationships with every client. You're more than a transaction, you're a lifetime Liz Luker when you work with this top producing team. What does your 2020 real estate future look like? Call, text, or click LizLuke now to begin mapping out your plan. You can reach the team at 703-868-5676 or info at LizLuke.com. Again, 703-868-5676 or info at LizLuke.com. And make sure to follow Liz Luke on social media at the LizLuke team. People also know you for your car, your pickup truck, which I feel like <laughs> has become in some ways kind of a community icon how did how did this happen
1: i I think i'm one of the rare people back uh 20 years ago 15 years ago when i got a pickup a wonderful toyota pickup from jack taylor sorry about that another little plug there but um it uh has been absolutely wonderful because people can borrow it i mean anybody that needs a pickup you know, two or three other people have keys to it. You know, and if I know it's gone one day, somebody borrowed it. Okay, fine. So, but it's um, it's been a delight to be able to to have that and allow people to use it. So,
0: how has it been used? Do people just use it to get around? Do people use it for specific? Oh premises? no, they
1: use it to to move stuff. Oh really? Okay. It, it's a true schlucking truck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. It was used to, to move a massive stump from a tree once. Is that true?
1: Yes. Yes. It, I, I I swear it's had everything in it, everything, <laughs> all the way from uh, stages for First Thursday to Christmas trees to, you know, you name it. It's all—it's it, had everything in it.
0: I want to talk a little bit about, I guess, some of the current work you're doing and some of the work you're doing moving forward, Um I think probably the most notable of which is uh, Alexandria Celebrates Women. Um, it's obviously a momentous anniversary this year for the women's suffrage movement. Talk to me a little bit about what Alexandria Celebrates Women is and your vision for what it can do this year and moving into the future.
1: Wow, that's a kind of a loaded question, yeah. but <laughs> let me see if I can... That's what we do here. Yeah, <laughs> good good job. Um It's – Alexandria needs to celebrate their women. The the women here in Alexandria are amazing, you know, all the way from department heads to uh, deputy city managers. And they're, you know, just totally across the board. And by celebrating the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment, the women's right to vote – it's a natural thing to to begin the celebration. Um, I don't, nationally, this is—if you just think back within the last six months, all of the things that women have finally gotten into doing, I don't know whether you saw the little piece on um, the— I think it was on the Today Show or somewhere, where the two astronaut women were up in the spaceship. And, and you know, it it's, wow, two women are up there, and um, nothing against men, but there were no men around because most of them are usually men. And to have that first coming is amazing to me. But a 100 years ago, we didn't have the right to vote. We absolutely did not. We could not legally... We, did, we could not own property 100 years ago. We could not. Um, it, it just, you can, the list goes on. I mean, there, there's a huge list. And it's, it's time to celebrate all of these women that have come forward and are now the first department head. Uh, the Alexandria Police Department uh, just named a woman as the, the first criminal. Head and uh, you know things along that line. We st- We need to celebrate all of that a lot more. And by tying it in with the right to vote, I think um, it's just time to do it.
0: Have you guys unearthed any local connections to that history? I know you had talked. You've talked actually in our paper previously about some of the local ties between the broader women's suffrage movement and Alexandria.
1: Yeah, I was always – when I was thinking about working on this, it kind of goes, well, what has Alexandria – how can we tag Alexandria in this huge thing that's going on nationally? And uh, it just so happens that the court case was held in a federal court in Alexandria when um, the ladies from Lorton workforce were brought here for that court case. And that's when um, we can tie into it now that we are really local and um, that we can bring it into being local. And so we're hopeful that throughout the – come August 18th, which is the the actual celebration date, sort of when the 19th Amendment passed, that – we can have a plaque at this location. The courthouse is no longer there, it's been moved, but it's a way for us to be tied into all of this. And I believe we've been able to trace back like seven different women Mm. from Alexandria that are tied into the suffragettes too.
0: Outside of the plaque, um, what are you doing to celebrate women, I guess this year and moving Mm. forward?
1: I think we need to celebrate women. I'll use the Alexandria Symphony. They are having women conductor—not conductors, composers. They, um, and we're able to even tie one of the composers back to the suffragette movement. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so there's a way to take and do an event. You don't need to change your events. Just look at your event and how can you put women in there— and then the other thing we're doing is uh, after is making sure when there is an event of some sort, there's always how do you register to vote so that we can get everybody registered to vote. We're not taking sides, but we want to have the capability of of everybody utilizing that right.
0: We are going to try to end this show the same way every episode, and we're trying to tie together all of these interviews in some way and we were thinking about how to do that we're going to tie together all of these episodes with kind of a common question between guests um what is one question you would like to ask the next person who sits down for this podcast not knowing who they are obviously knowing they're going to be someone who's significant in Alexandria
1: what's one question you like to ask them wow um I think everything comes back to community for me, and so I would like to know what makes community for them. Fantastic.
0: It's obviously been all about community for you, Pat, um, mm-hmm. and we appreciate the work you've been doing, the work you're going to continue doing, and I appreciate you sitting down and talking with
1: me. Well, thank you. It's been fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we got, kicked this off pretty well, I think. <laughs> Thank you, Pat, and thank you for listening,
1: Alexandria. Thank you.